What's up, everybody? It's week one, and we've got a great deal for you. I know you guys are anxious to get your bets in for all the Sunday games week one, the Thursday night football game that's about to happen between the Buffalo Bills and the Super Bowl champion LA Rams and everything beyond that, and we've got a great deal for you. Use the coupon code Week one, anytime you buy a weekly subscription, that's W-E-E-K-O-N-E, and you will get 77% off your first week. Unbelievable deal. Get you on board. Get everything super discounted for the first week of the season. That's our gift to you. So jump on board right now. Go to sharpfootballanalysis.com. Any package, whether you're buying the NFL-only betting package, whether you're buying the combo package to get college football as well, or you're buying the all-access package to get everything that we do from a fantasy perspective, as well as props, in addition to all the betting action, which is what I highly recommend that you do, use coupon code WEEK1 and you will get 77% off. Truly unbelievable. Football is back. Get on board today. Hello, welcome to Sharp Angles Podcast. I am Dan Bazuda, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, we made it. It's week one. There is football. We're recording this uh, Thursday morning. There's football tonight. Uh, how we doing? Doing real good. We made it. It is kind of feel felt like this morning, like you know, it was like felt like almost like a like a new year, and it is a new calendar year for the NFL uh, season. So it's kind of exciting. We get a, a good game. You know, Rams Bills. You know, Bills are a team that are super fun. Uh, and it's kind of like this tipping point. Like we know, like we kind of were talking about how this week kind of didn't really feel like a, a full on like work week. Well, at least for me, I know that you were out there, out there doing worksheet stuff and you're, you're out here behind the scenes editing all this stuff, but like really Monday morning is going to be like the, the aftermath of all of this is like, where it's really going to feel different. Yeah. I mean, Sunday night, I'm like, so like we don't get a preseason like we have like preseason games but from what mm-hmm. we do we, there's no preseason at all like you don't get a, a preseason worksheet you don't get to like ease into the worksheet at all mm-hmm. i don't ease, i can't <laughs> ease into first and ten like i there's no doing that and i'm like it's still a little like i have no idea how i'm going to watch the anxiety mm-hmm. of figuring out how to watch like five games at a time uh on sunday like there's also there's no easing into that either so it's, it's just throwing ourselves uh into the deep end for this week one and then we kind of have to you know calibrate ourselves afterward yep ah uh, all right so for uh for this podcast uh this year we're going to just kind of again do the game previews as we have over the, the past couple of years we'll have it hopefully be a, a little more structured we'll have a couple games of the week uh that we'll pick and then we'll each kind of pick like a, a spotlight game that we're interested uh in seeing so we will uh, get into that in a bit first we'll just you know do the the typical season preview we'll run through just, just do some the mvp and, and super bowl picks which um you know, hopefully everyone will forget about uh, by the time we say them and no one will remember this uh, at the end of the year because they're probably not going to be correct. Nope. Um, so let's uh, let's start with MVP. Rich, uh, if you had to make one pick, uh, who are you going with? Well, I, I want the, the dark throw, man. I want to go with a guy that, you know, has, has long odds. I want the huge payoff. Uh, I, I want to go Jalen Hurts. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, we've we've talked on this podcast for a couple weeks now. All of us, you, Warren, and I, at varying points, how we are high on the Eagles, 
I believe that their schedule really sets them up to potentially like as a ceiling outcome. Now like they could lose some of these games, but they could be like eight and one. I could see a scenario like where they're like eight and one, right? At some point, like to start the season, their first 10 game, first nine games, first 10 games are really light. They all look winnable. Uh, so if you're going to have like a record wise, cause you have to have that good record if you're going to win MVP, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then also like statistically, like this could be a scenario where I think like, you know, like Josh Allen, 2020 or Lamar Jackson in 2019, where this easy schedule could kind of line up if they're aggressive and all this talent comes together to like make the, the statistics for Jalen Hurts kind of like pop. Uh, we know the rushing is going to be there. They add AJ, AJ Brown. Uh, if the efficiency's here, like that's what's been lacking these last two years, like this could all set up to kind of be like that, that kind of like your Hail Mary kind of guy that kind of comes out of nowhere uh, and, and wins this thing. Yeah, I think that makes a, a lot of sense. Like I think I'm going to lean toward the Eagles like coming out of the NFC. And like if that happens, like obviously – Hertz is going to be there as a guy that is going to get, you know, a, a lot of attention uh, for that award. And I think like you can make a similar case probably like for Trey Lance, if you're high on him, right. It's kind of the, the same type of thing as San Francisco is really good. Um, like that offense is going to run through him. Uh, so I'll, I'll just go with Justin Herbert because like, why not? Right. Um, last year he was already like tied. He tied for second um, in EPA per dropback, And we saw like the amount of, like kind of yardage and production that was kind of the left on the bone, right? There, there was still some, some meat left on the bone uh, in that offense with some of the, you know, shorter passes on early downs. We're kind of hoping they maybe, you know, wish casting a, a little bit that uh, they're going to open that up a, a little more on early downs. And then we saw like, he's a robot on third downs, right? They were able to sustain what they did because he just makes these ridiculous throws uh, and uh, is, you know, so accurate, so smart. Um, he doesn't like really put the ball in danger. Like he had a lot of interceptions last year, but that was kind of, you know, because they were trailing, like they weren't bad interceptions in a way. So I'm kind of looking for the chargers to open things up on offense a little earlier. I think like that's only going to help Justin Herbert and like have him put up just a a monster year. So um, yeah, very excited to see uh, chargers offensive football here. All right. Well, I know who you're picking for the Super Bowl. You've been on it all summer, so you can go ahead and just roll it. Just you that was a segue into it. So <laughs> I, I'm. I think I'm going to hedge a little bit with an official <laughs> pick because I. Don't you I dare! Have, I have said the Chargers, but I don't know if I want to go MVP and Super Bowl pick for the same thing. Uh, so I think I'm. I'm going to pick the Chiefs, and, and it's the mm-hmm. the AFC West hedge, right? Um, I think the charge. I would pick the Chargers to win that division. Um, I think they have. They're probably going to have an easier route. I think to that. I think the Chiefs might need to, you know, figure some things out in the beginning of the season. Um, but then you get to uh, the postseason, and you know, you still have Patrick Mahomes. And I think by the time like that rolls around, like, I think we're we're getting to like the Chiefs just aren't really talked about at all here. Like the the Chargers are the new thing. The Bills are the the obvious favorite, uh, and and they're the very chalky pick. But the Chiefs are still good, so uh, I'm going to go with Chiefs as the Super Bowl pick. Uh, but still, you know, very high on the Chargers for obvious reasons and, and all of the things I have said throughout the entire summer. Yeah, I think you and I have been on the same page that the Chiefs have kind of been like a like a little under the radar. It feels like almost in a sense that this off season, you know, and we saw like a lot of people for in big media their Super Bowl picks. So a lot of people are just picking the Bills. 
Uh, I'm not going to feel I want to go NFC route. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Packers. I still, every time I keep coming back to the, the, the Packers roster, I'm just like, I, I just really like it. And I look at this thing that you've got kind of like a red ass Aaron Rodgers situation still, you know, it, it could be a situation where he's like, this is his final, could be his final year. We don't know. Every year could be his final year from this point out. Every time they talk to him, he, he is adamant. He's not going to do the Brady thing, but we'll see what happens. But I mean, now that David Bakhtiari looks like he's going to be able to play to start the season. I mean, this team is like, they've low key, like started to produce like offensive linemen with these draft picks. Uh, they, they, it's they insane. Ever, Every yeah. like fourth and fifth round pick is just like a hit. Yeah, and, you know, we'll see if Zach Tom ends up hitting too. But, like, their offensive line is strong. Uh, they've got the two backs that we really like. The defense on every level looks just really good. The front seven looks really strong. Uh, you know, the, you know they, they add Quay Walker. Uh, the secondary looks amazing getting Jelly Alexander back. So, like, I just have a hard time getting away from this roster. Uh, if they can just get anything out of this receiving core, which I know doesn't have a star – but like it could definitely be a sum of parts receiving core. There's a lot here still to, to work with. I mean, Randall Cobb's an experienced slot player. You still have Lazard, Watkins, Christian Watson, and, and Romeo Dubs. Like if they get some production out of here as a group, there's still a lot here that I think Aaron Rodgers can work with and be successful with. So I'll go with the Packers. That one's not as long shotty, but uh, I kind of like the the little more safety in the NFC side. Yeah, it's just one of those things. So I'm like, I'm I'm torn on the Packers defense, right? Because like, I really like the pieces they put together. Um, yeah, I, I wrote about it, like, I think right after the draft of like how a lot of those pieces are, they, they plugged in what was really a hole for them. But I think also we're, I think we're projecting a lot on how quickly some of those pieces can produce like immediately right um and, and it's going to like it would take a pretty big jump for the packers to be um from what they were like on defense last year which meant again we like like a, a lot of what's going on on that roster but at the same time like, it, it's going to take a fairly significant jump for them to be like one of the top five defenses uh from what they were last year and you're kind of like banking on you know two rookies to be you know, what is the difference there and so i'm i'm a little i'm a little back and forth between how like bullish i am on the actual defense and what how it's going to produce um in in 2022 and uh, i mean we'll we'll get to that because we're we'll talk about that game in a little bit so let's dive into the games uh we are recording this on uh thursday morning uh, if you are listening to this on, on thursday uh, bills bills rams are is is thursday night uh if you are not listening to this um if you're listening to this on, on Friday, obviously uh, this game has already passed, so maybe skip ahead a little bit. But uh, it, it's a big game. Usually, like if we're doing this, we won't touch too much on a, on a Thursday game throughout the season. But again, like Bills Rams first game of the season, uh, we got to dive into it. So it, I, I'm not sure we could have a, a more fun matchup. I think, like like I said up top, the Bills are the uh, like the the chalky pick. They are the the very clear favorite, you know, to be you know the best team in the league, um, the the Super Bowl favorite. Um, and when we look at all of those, you know, uh, types of things and coming against the, the Rams, who won the Super Bowl last year, a team like we were super high on, like throughout the season last year when it was, you know, up and down, whether like the Rams were, you know, making some moves uh, that people thought were maybe you know, too aggressive and not setting them up. So a, a lot of what the Rams did last year was to win a Super Bowl last year. And we we're kind of starting to see some of the fallout from, you know, some of those things are not quite as deep uh, as what we'll see. At, they're not quite as deep 
this year as kind of what we saw last year. And they're starting to have to, you know, plug and play some of those pieces uh, that, that we'll mm-hmm. see. So yeah, when we dive into this, let's, let's start when, you know, the Rams do have the ball because it's, I'm very intrigued by like what this offense is going to look like, especially like right now, because with Van Jefferson, uh, the injured, we're not totally sure. Like what's like, who is the, Rams wide receiver three going to be is there going to be a wide receiver three like Mm -hmm. is that going to be like Tutu Atwell which is not like a guy you're going to throw out on the outside uh is like Lance McCutcheon all of a sudden gonna play is this a two tight end uh, type of offense that we're going to see like I'm really intrigued um to see like outside of you know you got Cooper Cup in the slot obviously you have Allen Robinson uh who we'll talk about in in his role but like what what this Rams offense looks like at least in in the beginning of the season while they've run through some of these injuries like it that's very interesting yeah and I mean there you got a a lot of moving parts here and you would think that I kind of wrote about the, the 11 personnel thing too. Obviously we know, you know, McVay and the 11 personnel, but like when you get into the Rams 11 personnel as it stands right now, it's not that strong. You're that third wide receiver guy. Cause you know, you've got Cooper cup in the slot. He's not going to come out. You add it, obviously add Allen Robinson to be your, you know, your, your true X receiver. But then are you going to put Tutu Atwell and let him run routes on the outside? Are you going to use Ben Skowernick? He's been unproductive. We saw what happened at the Super Bowl when he had to play like a full allotment of snaps. Uh, and then, yeah, preseason darling Lance McCutcheon at least has the size and profile. Do they give him some early season run while Van Jefferson's out and see what they have here because of, you know, Skowernick's past performance and the Atwell being kind of like a, a guy that's like a jet motion guy, right? Like that's all we really knew him from in college. Uh, plus you kind of want don't want to scale that back because of the pieces the Bills have missing, right? Like you want to make the Bills have to play these young defensive backs. They're still not going to have Tredavious White. You're going to have two rookies in Keir Elam and Christian Benford, you know, have to log, uh, you know, a lot of time around Taron Johnson and Dane Jackson. So you want to get those guys on the field, right? Um, then you have the Stafford injury, like, you know it's one of these things like it's always going to be there like this isn't going to go away and like what if Stafford misses a throw right like it's the first thing they're going to talk about right uh you know oh man like what's going on his elbow so like you've got that and then the offensive line pieces are, are moving you know obviously Andrew Whitworth retires uh they lose Austin Corbett uh they had you know no boom they've been grooming but he's not Andrew Whitworth so like there's a lot of moving parts you know on the Rams offensive side of the ball but the guys that are still there, Sean McVay, Cooper Cup, and then adding Allen Robinson uh, is still enough here to where I think that that's kind of the one exploitable area still when you look at the Bills because the safety plays good, but these young DBs are the kind of like question mark we have on the Bills the Bills defense. Yeah, with without Tre'Davious White is mm-hmm. it's such an, an interesting thing, and it, it completely changes how the Bills can can kind of play. Although I think like you look last year uh, with Tre'Davious White on the field. They allowed you know, 4.66 yards per play, which was the best in the league. Uh, without them, they allowed that went up a little bit to 4.92. I mean, their schedule yards last play, year, though, which they, was still the best in the league. Right. They played nobody the regular season last year. I think they played three good quarterbacks the whole year. They played right. Brady, well, those numbers, Holmes, yeah. <laughs> those numbers without White uh, include the playoffs. So still, they were under you know five yards per play, but. It, I mean, the Chiefs you, hit him for 42. Like. You're right, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you look at, you know, Kair Ulam, uh, second in this draft class and adjusted yards allowed per coverage nap. And he's a guy that, like, is going to be able to play some of that physical stuff. We saw some of that in, in the preseason a little bit. There were snaps where he looked pretty good. There were some snaps where, you know, it looked like he was, you know, a, a little overwhelmed. So how he gets thrown into, obviously, you know, whatever – 
the Rams are going to be throwing. And I think like that's type of the type of, um, you know, the matchups that they're going to try to exploit, especially if we have, you know, a Robinson isolated um, as that, you know, X receiver um, in, in some of those, you know, three by one sets that they're going to do. And I'm interested to see like how, if, we saw so much of the Rams attacking vertically. And, and that was how the entire offense shifted last year. And you, then you look at the bills, um, their deep uh, passing defense was you know, clearly uh, the best in the league last year. So last year, only 23.5% completion rate on uh, throws of 20 or more yards on the field. That was the best by a significant margin um, is 6.9 yards per attempt on throws of at least 20 air yards. Uh, the next best defense was uh, 9.01. Uh, the EPA gap between the bills and the number two team on throws of at least 20 yards down the field was the same gap between number two and number 31. Like they were insane. Like a lot of that was because of the, the secondary you had the, the great deep safety play and you can basically just, mix and match Jordan Poyer and Mika Hyde like those two are two of the best safeties uh, in the league and especially together they're playing really well but you also had that strong secondary um and not only are you without Jadavius White um you're without Levi Wallace who left uh to join the Steelers in free agency and he was really good on the outside last year so there, there's a lot of moving pieces for this Bills defense one of the other things like they're a team that's going to sit in nickel basically all the time right so you're probably going to get like it, are you getting matt milano on cooper cup uh, in the slot is, is that something that's going to uh be something that that has to hold up because the, the rams are better than any other team in the league of getting cup lined up on linebackers even when it's nickel even when like that's when defenses know that's what they're going to do uh so i'm really interested to see like what, what that how the Rams are just going to, you know, try to get the most out of those mismatches, especially when they might not have, you know, the biggest, um, you know, uh, advantage in personnel that like we might have seen them at full strength last year. You know, what's interesting is when we talk about the Rams and their vertical passing game, it's not so much just like taking shot plays. Uh, they're a team that they're getting all those deep digs and those crossers and those yep. flag routes on Cooper Cup, like you said. Uh, it, it's it's a totally different dynamic than when you just think of like, you know, a team like taking shot plays with Marcus Valdez scaling, right? Like, so yeah, these, these aren't go routes down the sideline. Yep. Like yep. these are high percentage <laughs> throws uh, that, that are going deep. It's not, you know, a, a 20% shot um, at a, a go route outside the numbers. Yeah, these are, are opening places in the middle of the field. Uh, those digs from Allen Robinson, right? Those deep crossers that Cooper Cup just lives on. Like those those are the ways uh, you do it and. Like that, that's a place where you can potentially, you know, get the bills with, uh, you know, some of these pieces that they still have to, you know, kind of, you know, plug and play in the secondary here. Yeah. And I mean, and, you know, I think, you know, obviously grabbing Von Miller from the Rams, the bills, the bills pass rush looks like it's going to be better objectively on paper, you know, getting rid of some of the, the, the older guys that they had, you know, and Jerry, who's still, who was still a solid player, but was definitely not the same player he was earlier in his career. Uh, And then the other side, the bills, like their offensive coordinator left. So yeah. Brian Dayball is, uh, you know, now Hellman, your giants. Uh, you know, what are the changes we're going to see? We've seen that they aggressively wanted to pursue a receiving back. This, this was something that was whispered last year when they were pursuing Travis Etienne. It was were rumored. They were in on chase Edmonds and the initial free agency run and didn't get him. They signed JD McKissick and he had a change of heart in the tampering period. And they go out and draft James cook. And now the previous two years, this team has not thrown the ball to running backs at all. Now, they haven't had guys that were productive, 
in the passing game. So there was no reason for that to do that. But now you have all these moving parts, no Cole Beasley, no Emmanuel Sanders, you're counting on Gabe Davis, a player we like to make a step. What are, what are we, what are we changing here in this offense? Like what is going to be the changes, you know, with Ken Dorsey, you know, helming this thing. I believe one of the changes we'll definitely see to start the year is just not having Josh Allen run to the degree he did at the end of last year. Uh, if you go back to that Bucks game last year, there was like a, a extreme fulcrum point when the Bills completely just like abandoned kind of running a traditional run game. Devin Singletary got good at the end of the season, but they started really running Josh Allen from the rest of the way out. And I don't know if we'll see it at the start of this year. I don't know if that's the way that they want to operate. He just ate scrambles from that Bucks game on. It was all designed runs after that. Uh, so I'm really curious to see kind of some of the small changes because the, the Bills aren't just going to wholesale changes. Like Ken Dorsey's not going to uproot this thing and install a new system. But I'm curious to see the micro changes that are made in this offense with the personnel that they've now adjusted to. Yeah, that's uh, th- when the Bills like started that. It seems like in the beginning of the year they just they didn't want to put Allen in that position where he's going to get hit all the time. And then uh, it did get to the point in the season where it's like, okay, that's probably our one of our best offensive weapons is getting Allen in the run game. So I think you saw that like from the second half of the season on. Uh, yeah, are, are they going to be doing that? Do they? Are they aware of that from the beginning? Do they still want to ease him into it? And I think like that's certainly going to be something interesting to look. I'm really interested to see how you know, the, the personnel shifts, right? Because this mm-hmm. was a you know very heavy 11 personnel team. They used a lot of 10. Um, you know, it's uh, second most uh, I think from Arizona or first. It might have been first. Um, that a lot of 10. It was a lot of you know spread out looks that helped with some of those Josh Allen runs uh, that should hypothetically help with you know, just the, the run game in general, um, you know, the offensive line. So, uh, you know, maybe a little shaky, not, not as good as and deep as you would maybe hope um, as it has been, you know, in the past. Uh, and then, but they have like interesting pieces, like when they use, you know, Reggie Gilliam a, a little bit, um, are they going to, you know, use, you know, a, a fullback a little more? You thought they might be, Know, setting into some more like two tight end sets when they sign OJ Howard and then now OJ Howard's gone. Um, but do they, you know, vary the looks uh, a little bit and not just, you know, spread everything out to go. Um, and I think like it's some of those, you know, changes uh, can be good and like how, how they adjust, you know, off of things. I think that was just one of the things that like Dable was really good at too, is some of those adjustments. Like you look at like Isaiah McKenzie, in the, the Patriots game, right. And at the end of the season, it just killed them on crossers. Then they go to, um you know, the, the playoff game uh like the first crosser mckenzie runs he actually breaks it off for a double move to cut back to the middle of the field and it's a huge gain so like are those types of plays um you know that type of sequencing and i think like that's the type of thing that you like want from you know an experienced play caller are, are those things just going to are they going to be there or is that going to take a, a little time to to hang on to um and some of the the empty looks like i'm i'm intrigued if if they're going to you know open that up a little bit because that wasn't really on the menu as much as it has been for other teams in the league and i think like we we've talked about it that's where james cook probably you know comes in the most you have that back who's a legitimate you know pass catching threat when you're an empty uh otherwise you're just kind of oh, wasting a guy um in empty there so um yeah there's there's a whole bunch of moving pieces this is just kind of a it's one of those things where we can you know 
it's all, all conjecture uh, until we get to see it. And I think, you know, there, there's a lot of pieces that we do like, but how they're uh, put together. And I think like this, this really you know, lays a foundation for what we can expect uh, for the rest of the season. And defensively, how do you think the Rams approach this? Because obviously you have a player like Jalen Ramsey where, remember, he started off kind of like that star position last year. And as the season progressed, they started having him play more traditional, you know, I'm going to follow the, the lead wide receiver here. And if they want to do that, they could really kind of put the bills in a box of saying, hey, we're going to have our guy go guard your best players, Von Diggs, and let's see what all these new ancillary pieces can do. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think like that's where I think so much of this Rams defense is going to have to you know center around this entire season. Like the, everything goes around what Jalen Ramsey does when he's you know in the slot. That kind of makes some things easier uh, for guys on the outside, and especially what the way they are, are using their safeties. Uh, it's going to be interesting because they're going to be using. Um, they're going to be using nickel uh, a little more like you have Bobby Wagner and Ernest Jones. Like what does that unlock? Cause you have uh, Bobby Wagner who is still a good coverage oh, yeah. linebacker and there were no good coverage linebackers on the field for the Rams last year. So they kind of had to, had to have Ramsey uh, kind of play that middle area of the field because they were so bad at defending there because their linebackers just couldn't cover at all. And, you know, Bobby Wagner might not be, you know, 20, 20 2012, you know, uh, Bobby Wagner at, at this point, but um you know, it's still a, a really good coverage linebacker. And that completely, you know, changes uh, what the defense can do a little bit and how you can use Ramsey. Um, and you look at, you know, the the other corners are probably, you know, the biggest weakness on the Rams. Um, and they've been able to, you know, cover up a, a little bit uh, with, you know, how, how they've used Ramsey and how they, you know, use those two high shells um, and how they... Uh, and everything just it, it evolves and, and changing that look uh, post-snap. So... Yeah, uh, if you put Ramsey on digs, then you're, you know, make Gabe Davis beat you. And I think, like, we've seen he can. Um, but whether that's going to be, you know, something the Rams are comfortable letting the Bills find out, uh, that that could be, you know, a, a place to go. Uh, you know, you have Isaiah McKenzie in the slot again. Like, you you have a lot of, you know, a pretty good. And, and Dawson Knox, again, like, this this Bills offense, like, there's a reason they're the Super Bowl favorite. They're they're running very deep uh, at a lot of these skill position players. And, and I think no matter what the Rams do, they can, you know, throw some kind of uh, a counter punch out. Although I... I still think I, I like the Rams, though. If <laughs> as I uh, as I talk myself into that, I, I think I might lean lean Rams. Uh, we we don't have to you know, make a uh, make a pick here, but I think yeah. I mean, I don't I don't want to be the I don't want to be the, the the party pooper on NFL opening night. I kind of like the under. Uh, I think it's definitely going to be a, a, a thing where we've got some feeling out here, and then both teams have enough talent to I think kind of limit the other teams too. Like if if it starts slow. I could see kind of a slower start. I'm curious in general, the NFL this weekend, if it's a slower start, because it feels like not many people played this preseason at all. Uh, yeah. So I'm very curious to see how the football is. We've got a lot of weird games too, and implied totals. We've got like four games, 50 plus, and then like a bunch of games, like 44 and under, and there's like not a lot in the middle. So I'm curious to see like how things play out this weekend. And we might have some like thunderstorm stuff on the East coast. So I'm curious to see how some things shake out. Yeah, well, I think we're we're in for some some interesting football. Uh, let's move on to uh, one of the other you know big games, and that's going to be Chiefs and Cardinals. Um, these are again, you know, Chiefs 
Chiefs are the Chiefs, right? Uh, but we've talked about it so much, so we don't have to like really get into you know what the Chiefs' offense is going to be. Uh, you know, so many episodes uh, throughout the offseason have been about that. I've written about it. You've written about it. Um, you know, we'll we'll get to see like what actually it is right because we kind of saw like they'll they'll do some heavier personnel stuff we saw that in the first uh, game of the preseason then they kind of backed off that a little bit I, I think they just it's going to be very multiple I think and, and more multiple than than we've seen um like the the interesting thing here is is Arizona right and how all of this plays out because one like we wanted to see what Arizona was going to look like early in the year because there's no DeAndre Hopkins and like that is that's what that offense like was based around, right? Like we have more talent than you. We don't really need to move at all. Um, but we have, you know, DeAndre Hopkins on the outside and like we're going to win there because you don't have anyone who can beat DeAndre Hopkins. And now that's not there. Um, now it's Marquise Brown uh, and a lot of other injuries, right? We, Zach Ertz might not play. Um, we're we're going to like be down a, a lot potentially a, a lot of players uh, on that Arizona offense and it's obviously not going to be at full strength so are those adjustments going to be enough here and like that I think really like showcases what this entire Arizona season is going to be right if, if there's nothing going on um in in week one then like how are we going to trust in anything for the next like 17 weeks uh so I'm um, really interested because you know we, we've talked about how much Arizona is just going to be like they they're going to run a, a lot of no huddle and that's because they play fast that's what they want to do they were first in no huddle last year but they were only 16 in, in seconds per play so like they even last year they weren't using that type of pace to really set the advantage that they used to um and again they like we talked about it, they were 32nd in motion like do we see Rondo more on more um you know, the, some of that jet motion, uh, do we see them use that to get the advantage and make up for like, they don't have the talent advantage. Right. Um, so do we see them, you know, get into some more motion? Like, are those the adjustments that they make? Um, yeah, I just, I really like want to see what this offense looks like. And if it's just like the same stale thing where we're going to see, you know, them not motion at all try to play fast and and have that like then i think they're they're going to be in a lot of trouble for the rest of the year this is a big cliff game on both sides of the ball and he has not really come through in a lot of games that have to be cliff games uh you know when you look at you know having no hopkins zach Ertz potentially limited um the offensive line still being the state of what it is we haven't seen hollywood brown you know play in this offense yet it's it's going to be a lot of work here. And then, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, they're just down so many bodies. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, we haven't seen Marcus golden practice yet this week and JJ Watt practice this week. These next two days will be really kind of important, but like you're talking about losing, like if those two guys don't play like your top four, like got guys in terms of pressures a year ago on a team that was already in the bottom third of the league and creating pressure on the quarterback. When you include Chandler Jones and Jordan Hicks leaving the team this off season, uh, then you talk about their secondary, and I mean, you know, obviously Antonio Hamilton has the unfortunate cooking accident. Uh, Trayvon Mullen hasn't practiced yet this week. Uh, Marco Wilson was one of the worst interior defensive backs in the NFL last year. Uh, they've got just so many guys that have question marks this week, and you're like, how do you scheme that up against Andy Reid, <laughs> like in Patrick Mahomes? And and I know the one guy that did play this preseason was Patrick Mahomes, and he looked damn good in the preseason. And I know it's just the preseason. 
but Patrick Mahomes looked pretty damn sharp in the preseason. And I'm very curious to see how, how sharp he comes out. Uh, feels like he's been kind of, he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder this off season. So I'm, I'm curious to play that narrative game, but the Cardinals, there's a reason this line has shifted the way it has, uh, you know, in terms of books. And it's just because they're down so many bodies and we've got to put so much faith in this coaching staff and trying to scheme some things up here. Um, to, to slow down, you know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And it's really hard to objectively sit back and say, you have faith in it. Yeah. And w- like one of those things is uh, what, what does this defense look like? Because like you, you talked about how they, they don't really have anyone on defense. They haven't really had anyone on defense for the past like two years. And they've still ended up like somehow top 10 in DVOA uh, on all of those years. Like this was a team that ran more three defensive back looks than any team in the league last year by like a significant margin. Like but they were awful to close last year. Yeah. Like they got absolutely, and like not just by good teams, like the, the Lions like just absolutely pistol whipped them. Like they got, they were getting just absolutely crushed like the last seven games last year. Yeah, and once once things really started going downhill for them, it, it hurt. But they they were really good at the start of the year. It just kind of always seems like they they figure some stuff out to where it's passable, where like it, it shouldn't be. Like this probably like by talent still should have been like one of the worst defenses in the league last year, and 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 it wasn't. Um, so we'll again, it's t- going to be a tough test against the Chiefs. We won when you're already don't have as much talent and then you're injured on top of it but you know i'm interested in some of the you know some of the tweaks they're going to make like this is a team that's still like like to blitz uh, a lot so i'm interested to see what they're going to do like isaiah simmons is apparently like playing safety now which is probably where he should have been instead of like making him a linebacker and i know those lines kind of you know are more blurred than they you know ever have been but there's you know, uh, a difference in, you know, having him play the back a little bit and have like more safety responsibilities than the actual like linebacker responsibilities um, that he had to have um, the past few seasons. It's just kind of like that's that's been a thing for for Arizona where uh, they take this like tweener. They try to put him in the part of the position where he's not as good. And it was like the same thing with the son Reddick, right? They tried to make him more of an off ball linebacker when he probably should have just been brushing the passer more often than not. Uh, and I think it's, it's the opposite for, for Isaiah Simmons. You probably want to move him back uh, a little bit. And I think that helps with, you know, some of their defensive back depth, they, which they don't have. And that opens up, you know, linebacker a little more. Hopefully we'll, we'll see a leap from Zayvon Collins because he was supposed to be the guy who, who came in last year. They told Jordan Hicks, like we drafted this guy. You're not going to play this year. And then, that just didn't happen. Jordan Hicks played like 90% of the defensive snaps <laughs> for the Cardinals last year because he had to. Um, so uh, how a lot of these, you know, the pieces are moving around, like the Cardinals team is a team that, you know, should be good. Uh, and it's, it's something that we'll see whether, you know, everything can click for them because you know, Kyler Murray is really good. And I think like that's kind of been overlooked with all of the things that have happened uh, with him this off season. Um, so just like how I, the, the Cardinals might be like one of the teams I, I most want to see like what they look like in week one, because I think like we don't want to overreact to week one, but like just their process and how they approach the opening week of the season probably is going to shape probably what I think for that for the rest of the year. All right. Uh, Sunday night, Tampa Bay and Dallas. Uh, this was uh 
game that opened the season last year, uh, which was a you know a fun game. And yeah. these are also uh, teams that should be near the the top of the NFC. Um, maybe one a little more than the other as they fall apart. But these these are two teams that are kind of you know dealing with some injury issues that, especially on offense, that might uh, you know shake up what they they could potentially be at, at full strength. Um, you know, obviously, kind of have to talk about the offensive line with with Tom Brady. Right. Is that um, is that something that that's going to impact them? Because obviously it gets the ball out quickly, still throwing the ball deep. Um, last year, you know, Brady had the most deep throws in the week, had the fifth fastest time to throw. Um, that was still around like three seconds, which is, you know, a, a decent amount of time. It's fast for a deep throw. Right. But still in terms of, you know, getting allowing pressure uh, that that opens it up a little bit. And he's twenty nine point seven percent of his deep throws were within two and a half seconds. That was the sixth highest. Um, so he can get the ball out quickly there. So that might not completely derail. And, and Tom Brady getting the ball out quickly does help an offensive line. Uh, a lot right now um, and, and there's still a production on those deep throws it's not a, in a ben roethlisberger way uh where you're getting the ball out quickly and there's you know, nothing happening that afterward he's just getting the ball out quick to get the ball out quick uh that's that's not what brady has been doing but like do little cracks there does that shift just a, a little bit and i think like that could be the potential concern especially when you're looking at uh, a receiving core that's that's not at a full strength like we don't know what chris godwin is right now um you know, we have Julio Jones, but I think well, we kind of haven't seen Julio Jones in, in the way that like that name carries, um, you know, for for a little bit. Uh, and then I mean, you have Mike Evans, who's you know going to be Mike Evans, and he's going to do the Mike Evans things. But then I think just like there's, we're not totally sure like what this full strength offense uh, is going to look like because it's just it's not at full strength. So I think like that that's going to be uh, you know something that could you know uh, potentially have some hiccups at least early in the season i mean especially when you go back and you look at how the bucks won this game last year i mean look at all the major contributors you know look what antonio brown did in that game he's not on the team anymore look at what chris godwin did in that game he potentially may not play in this game look at what uh, rob gronkowski did in that game he is not on the team anymore so like the those are the, the box score stuffers in this week one game last year. None of those guys are on the team, and seemingly none of their roles have really been kind of counteractive either. Uh, wide receiver being the closest one because you still do have talent on the roster. You know, you, they add a guy like Russell Gage who's gotten better every year of his career. He's dealt with a hamstring. Looks like he's going to be able to be, be able to play. And you've got Julio at least at his freshest point, right? Like we haven't done the, the Julio hamstring thing yet. Uh, and Julio was really a lot better, I think, than people – give him credit for caught in that quagmire of that offense. Also, I feel like we've seen a little bit of this with trail on Burks this preseason. Vrabel seems to really be irritated by guys that don't like practice and do something. And like Julio's never been that guy in his career. And I think you saw a lot of Vrabel being irritated by Julio's kind of the process of getting Julio ready to play on a weekly basis. And that's, we've seen with trail on Burks again, this preseason, I think he's not going to have that kind of issues with the bucks. He knows what his role is in the, with the bucks. Um, and I, I think actually Julio's going to be kind of like a, an important cog here early in the season, but we'll see how that is to be true. I think when you just look at it from a top-down stance, though, this is going to be a lot of what you said. It's going to be a lot of just getting the ball out, I think, a little bit quicker, uh, a little more inter- a little bit more on the intermediate level, the shallow area, let these guys try to do some things. Remember, they had Rashad White, too. I'm very curious to see what his role is going to be, uh, especially early in the season, if he can even crack the field, because he was an elite pass catcher 
in college. So I'm curious to see if he has any role at all to kind of circumvent some of this stuff and kind of play into getting the ball out. But I still feel like they're still strong. Like the ta- there's still like a lot of talent on the Bucks. The Cowboys, I'm not so sure. Uh, you've got CeeDee Lamb and you've got Ezekiel Elliott and you've got Tony Pollard. But they're trying to fill Cedric Wilson, Amari Cooper with guys like Noah Brown and Jalen Tolbert, who just could not really do anything in the preseason. It's just preseason. He's going to be thrown into a role here. Uh, we're counting on Dalton Schultz now in a role where Dalton Schultz now has to be a lifter. Or Dalton Schultz is fine when all those receivers are running around the defense is accounting for those guys. Right. Now, now that Dalton Schultz is your number two pass catcher, is he going to be able to carry as much water as he did, right? Uh, and then this offensive line, the Cowboys offensive line, like we might have Tyler Smith playing left tackle in his first career game against a Todd Bowles defense. Like look out below, like you're going to get stuff thrown at you every single snap. I mean, last uh, when these teams played a year ago, they blitzed almost 55% of the time on Dak Prescott. Uh, and, you know, you have no, no Lyle Collins. Terrence Seal did not play in that game. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys are a big concern to me because I still just feel like there's like a void in, certain, in terms of talent where the Bucks, I still look and I'm like, they've got talented players here still too. The Cowboys are going to have to raise some of the talent that they've got. Yeah, that's just it, the the offensive line is is definitely a, a concern, right? And when you talk about how they were blitzed so much, and that's one of those things, right? Dak Prescott, like over the first part of the season, was one of the most blitzed quarterbacks uh, in the league, uh, and then teams started to you know trail off a, a little bit because that Prescott can handle the blitz. Um, you know, he was he ended up uh, tenth in e- EPA uh, against the blitz uh, last year, so. What like what does this defense look like? Is it going to be a heavy blitzing unit, or because the offensive line is bad, do you just you know run with four a little more? But again, it's Todd Bowles. So as we you know continue <laughs> to see defenses throughout the league blitz a little less because there's not as much upside and quarterbacks are getting better at handling it. Uh, it's still a Todd Bowles defense that's going to you know just blitz the crap out of uh, whoever they're playing, and like we kind of saw that with, with the Rams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. I I would expect, you know, heavier blitzing. And when we look at what the Cowboys are going to do, like when we look at, you know, we've talked about the the pony personnel, right? Using, you know, two running backs on the field at the same time is Ezekiel Elliott and and Tony Pollard. Are they going to be on on the field at the same time? How do you use them? Um, You know, it's always a better idea than it is in theory, but like most of, I think like half of uh, like Pollard's, targets uh like in that situation from that personnel package came in week one uh against the bucks because i think that was a heavily game plan type thing but a lot of it was um you know it was you know kind of in jet sweeps they were all still behind the line of scrimmage thing so my question for the cowboys is can you use that package which is probably at, at this point right now get your best five players or five receivers on the field, right? When you do have Pollard out there, especially when, you know, you, you don't have a Gallup, you don't have uh, any of those really, you know, secondary options that can stand out. So can you use that 
to shift it in a way where you can have like a normal functioning offense, right? You can have some of those two backs on the field, but usually you're you know, limiting yourself into what you can do because you're trying too hard to manufacture those touches. So can you have Pollard on the field, uh, but still run somewhat of a normal defense? Can you still have that vertical element? So much of those two personnel packages, like it's, it's truncated and it's so much short stuff. It's so much, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, it's nothing goes, you know, further than, than 10 yards. And, you know, that, that really limits it. Like you can't run an offense uh, in that way. So do you have, you know, some packages there uh, where you can, you know, a week, one of those guys out and, and have like a vertical threat uh, on those plays. And, and if you do, then like, that's where you can take advantage of some of those looks. And like, that's what I'm looking for for Dallas uh, in this game. If they have that, like, I kind of hope Kellen Moore like has uh, adjusted in some way to, to do that. Cause I think like, that's where you're going to gain that advantage. Um, if you do have it, like if you're just going to be, you know, uh, trying to throw like Jalen Tolbert against Jamel Dean uh, for the entire game. Like I, I, I you're not going to win there. Yeah. And in the Bucks defense for all the, the, the thing, the changes they've made, it's still on paper, you know, objectively looks like a strength. Uh, so the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, gonna... like they, they replaced everybody. I, I mean, like the, the guys, they, they didn't get back. Like Ndamukong Sue is gone, but you brought in the key Hicks, right? Right. Like this is and it's just an insane, like kind of rollover. Like you lost Jason Pierre Paul, who like wasn't really that great last year. Um, and now you're going to have, you know, a, a bigger role for uh Joe Tryon. Uh so it's just um look, I, I don't think they they lost really anywhere. You lose um you know, at safety, you still have, you know, Logan Ryan coming back. Um, you still have Antoine Winfield. Like, this is a good – the weird thing for me was there was this big training camp battle between Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. Um, and, like, throughout the entire year, Murphy Bunting was, like, the weak link when right. the yeah. three cornerbacks were on the field together. And like In this game, especially. He was one especially. of the better cornerbacks, like, in the league. In this game, year. Amari Cooper was giving him business. <laughs> Yeah, and like that happened a lot. So, like they had this like real big training camp battle of like which one of those two was going to be like the second outside corner over Carlton Davis. Like Jamil Dean was better than Carlton Davis uh, last year, um, and so for th- like that's really weird. Like Dean ended up winning the job, which like makes a lot of sense. Uh, but the fact they even had that the battle and like let that drag out was was kind of weird. But like I'm not really worried about what it's going to be in practice, but. Um, yeah, I think in, I so to hit like the Dallas defense too. Like, what does this defense look like? Because there were so many things that broke right for them last year, right? Trayvon Diggs had all, all the interceptions. Uh, Mika Parsons was you know was one of the best defensive players uh, in the league, um, especially as he used more uh, of a pass rusher. Like, is he going to be more of a pass rusher this year? Like, are, are you still relying more on that? Um, you know, uh, that how many more tricks does, does Dan Quinn have uh, did up his sleeve, right? There, there's a lot of still moving pieces, I think, in this. And when you're so reliant on oh, like a lot of those turnovers that they were, like they're not going to have that again this year. So can you rely on like down-to-down consistency, which wasn't really their thing uh, last year? And like the, uh, that was the whole Trayvon Diggs thing, right? Like he was giving up a ton of yards, but made up for it because he had so many interceptions. Like that was kind of, you know, you know, he was, uh, he was, you know, the, the avatar for the entire defense because that's kind of what they were. So uh, do you have that down-to-down consistency there that's going to help you on on a play-to-play basis instead of just relying on, on those big plays? And I think, like, they're going to need a lot more of that 
um, you know, to have success uh, this year uh, because like they, they relied on the complete opposite last year. Yeah. And the Cowboys, the way this matchup particularly lines up is their the strength of their pass rushes on the outside. And that's kind of like where you want to, you want to attack the bucks in the interior to exploit some of the, to test some of the electric fence, right? See how weak the interior is. And, it just syncs up with now that Tristan Wirfs looks like he's going to play because he had an oblique injury in the preseason too. So keep an eye on that. If he doesn't play, then that changes everything. Uh, but, you know, with Tristan Wirfs and Donovan Smith still on the edge, like it's still like sets up to be like the strength of the Cowboys pass rush still lines up with the strength of where the Bucks offensive line, the active pieces are still going to be. So, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys had six defensive touchdowns last year. They had another 17 scoring drives off of turnovers, which was number one in the NFL. It's just hard to count on those types of things happening again. Uh, and if you remember when these two teams played last year, they had like weird plays that kept them in the game because it looked like the Bucks were pulling away in this game. And I think they threw a screen pass to Leonard Fournette that gets tipped up in the air. It's an interception. Um I know they had a, a, another interception that was run back, you know, uh, decently far. I think they had three turnovers in that game that kind of kept them alive. And those are the things that kind of were the pulse setting tones for the Cowboys the entire year. If they don't get those plays, this is a team that gave up a lot of yards. Uh, so, like, if they can't get those turnovers, it's, it's obviously going to be a problem. Yeah, and that's... You know, when when you're matching up against a team like Tampa, especially, like, that's going to be a, a bigger problem. Those, you know, probably you know those those issues get highlighted so um you know well, what what did they have to to throw at the bucks in week one i think that's going to uh to be a big part of it so uh let's let's quickly uh jump to kind of our, our spotlight games those were you know the the three big games i think so um my spotlight game this week is going to be uh the packers and mm-hmm. vikings really intrigued uh, obviously you know you kind of talked uh, uh the top of what we're going to see from this packers mm-hmm. offense um you know, what, what does it look like that there's, I mean, we've said that for like almost everything we've like introduced on this show, like this entire week one is just like, what does this look like? And I think the Packers again, like what, what does this offense look like? Is, is it going, are they going to rely on, you know, those receivers to make a play? Like, again, are they the, the pony personnel team that uh, is that the AJ Dillon um, and, um, and Aaron Jones, show like do we see those guys on the field at the same time i think like that could be that could definitely be like the red zone thing they go to i'm not sure how much we'll see that like in the open field but i think like once they get down to the red zone like aaron jones is probably their go-to guy there like i wouldn't be surprised if we see them uh use you know more of those two back sets there um and aaron jones is using like the Devontae adams like motion type of way um and the the receiver room like how, how does that how does that stretch out right it is is Dobbs going to play the early? Um, it, it, does he not get on the field um, as early as you think? Like, is this an offense that's going to run through the Randall Cobb uh, at this point? Like, it's there's just there's so many questions. And then I'm really I, I'm going to be in trouble for this because I'm really intrigued by the Vikings. Um, just like all around, like, what does this offense look like? Like, we we kind of know, but like, can it be as good as we? potentially think like with justin jefferson like moving into you know the and the, the cooper cup role that you know you talk about all the time but like this is a guy who's so good at winning outside 
putting him in those advantageous situations inside now, uh, that just opens up like a whole other menu of like places you can, you know, just continually uh, attack a defense. Uh, and then like, you still have Adam Thielen. You still like, we're, you're going to be running 11 personnel, like a lot more. And I think like you, you wrote about this uh, in the worksheet of how much that opens up. Uh, it could open up the run game because Dalvin Cook has been good running from 11 because there's, you know, less defenders in the box. Uh, and, you know, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities to run from 11 because the, the Vikings just haven't run that uh, so much uh, in the past. So I think there's there's just a, a lot of interesting things. And, and this defense, like, I think there's a lot of talent there. They're going to do some interesting things. They led the preseason in, like, cover six naps. So they're going to do, like, a lot of Fangio uh type things and i think like putting that down with like what they have uh in the secondary a little bit and they still have you know a fairly good defensive line they could have some pass rush there I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the team i think i would lean like if i had to pick an upset this week like vikings plus one and a half at home um I'd, I think I'd, I'd be into that. So uh, this game, uh, I think, is is very intriguing for, you know, what these uh, teams can potentially be. Yeah, I, you know, we don't have TA on the show anymore, but I mean, I'm sure he would have a nugget. I, I know short home dogs early in the season and in interdivision games have been really strong bets. Uh, you know, so I, I, that was a seemingly line up here, you know, where you would money line the Vikings here and, 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 and take your shot there. This is this is probably like the one of the better games of the week because you know you have the division matchup right like it's it's something that actually like has full season long like weight to it uh, you know the Packers are team I definitely believe in the outside we'll see a, a rotation especially if Lazard doesn't play where like Dobbs and Christian Watson are getting rotated in with Sammy Watkins and Cobb is just the full time player because none of those other guys really play the slot I, setting up for Week One Sammy Watkins. Yep, yep. Setting up to see it. Sammy Watkins only had more than 75 yards in three games the past three years. They've all been in week one, uh, in different week one games. But the Packers, we know what they want to do, right? Like the strength of the offense, offensive line, they have a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't take risks hardly ever. Uh, and they've got two good backs against a team that couldn't stop the run at all last year. The Vikings were worse than the Chargers in terms of stopping the run last year. Uh, so is, is there, does Ed Donatel change that? And then also the Packers – or they play slow as hell. Like they're one of the slowest offenses in the NFL. Rodgers isn't snapping that thing till there's two seconds on the clock. So like this is a game where the Packers, I feel like going into it, like they want to limit possessions. Like they want to just dictate this game where they're controlling the game with their backs and Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. But can the Vikings get out and strike, right? Can they, can they score points and kind of force the Packers to kind of put these young receivers to the test. You know, this is again, assuming Lazard is out forcing these guys have to come and make plays. And that's kind of the, the blueprint here. I think for the Vikings, can they get them out there? And I'm excited for sure about the Vikings offense, because when you look at it, when people are like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Kevin Connell coming over. Look at how many, like this was already a good offense. It was a good passing game. Look at their raw passing stats, but it's schematically what they're going to be doing in terms of putting the offense in more advantageous situations. The Vikings offense was good because of talent last year, not because of coaching scheme. Uh, you know, the talent overcame it. It was a lot like Zach Taylor. But, uh, you know, look at Kirk Cousins. 37% of his pass attempts came on first down last year. That was 27th in the NFL. 29% of his pass attempts came on third down when they just had to throw. It was the third highest rate in the league. Uh, you talk about just early down pass rates going to shift. I mean, Kevin O'Connell comes from a system that was fourth in the league in early down pass rate. Uh in the run game, it's going to make this offensive line a better run offensive line because they just won't have to line up and do the, the 
the, the what they've been doing in past years of just lining up in these two wide receiver sets, running play action, running Dalvin Cook. Like Dalvin Cook's now going to just get space, uh, you know, to kind of mass. It's still not a good offensive line. They're just going to have more space. So I'm I'm very excited about the system changes because we know that there's talent here. This is a very talented offense, uh, and I believe they have definitely have another gear. Uh, to get to this year and i'm excited they get tested right away in week one because we wouldn't want them like the vikings to come out and just like shred the bears week one like them playing the packers and if they come out and they go toe-to-toe and this offense looks good like that's gonna hold a lot of water for me yeah there's there's so much of that going on in week one whether like it's you know going to be it's something that we you know, are, are overreacting to or not, but like just see the process of, of these teams because there's so many moving pieces for like all of these teams um, that we, you know, are, are really looking forward to um, of the year. Like we're, we're not even going to, you know, talk about like the, the Dolphins or, or anything uh, this uh, on this show, uh, but like it, it seems like that we're just going to see it. So let's move on to, uh, to your spotlight game. Uh, uh, tell me the game. Uh, tell me why. Uh, because uh, this is, uh, again, I think like kind of fits into, you know, w- what we've been talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think when you look at the early slate of games, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not that intriguing, you know, from the side, there's definitely teams we believe are gonna be good, but they're playing a team that we believe isn't going to be good. And there's still going to be upsets week one, but Eagles lions, I think is the most interesting early slate game for me uh, because not only we've talked about the Eagles, but the lions too, as well. And obviously everyone's got to get familiar with the lions a little bit that have watched hard knocks this off season. Uh, they started to play well towards the back half of last year. This was a, a, the all cover team, right? Like, you know, uh, they were 11 and six against the spread. They just couldn't get over the hump. They were, they actually led a lot of games in the second half and, and, and kind of fell apart, but Ben Johnson took over as offensive coordinator, you know, the back third of the year, and he did some things that were really promising. And I'm curious to see if those things roll over and we kind of see their offense have a little bit more of that creativity where they just weren't because the front half of the year when it was Anthony Lynn, not only were they kind of like that, that ball, ball control offense, but they had to kind of rely on TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift to hold down their passing game. And no NFL offense is going to be successful if you have to run it through your running back and tight end. Like there's just no like NFL offense. Like you better have, a dude that is Rob Gronkowski to get to that level. Um, and they just, they, they weren't able to do that. They didn't have the playmakers. And we saw Amon Ra St. Brown really catch fire the back half of last year. And I think he's going to still be really good. I think he's one of the most underrated fantasy options still this season because people were scared about, you know, the regression word, but we saw in the preseason, I mean, he came out and, they were just peppering him again. Uh, and against this Jonathan Gannon defense, which we know inherently from, you know, the Matt Everflus tree, like it's going to be zone, man. They're going to sit in zone. And Amon Ross St. Brown's going to work the interior. He's going to be running routes away from like those good corners and James Bradbury and Darius Slay. I mean, it sets up for a game where I think he's going to be highly targeted. Him and Hawkinson definitely had the interior. That's where the teams target the Eagles. Um, and then just in general too, like the Eagles too, like this is a, a a game that they should win, right? They're road favorites. Like this is a test. Like they should come out and be strong. You look at this roster that I was looking at the Eagles like official depth chart and I was like, Jesus, this roster is so good. Like yeah. every they go deep too. Like the depth on the defense and offensive lines is amazing. The depth in the secondary is amazing. And it's like you expect them if you're gonna be a legit team, you come out and you handle business and they should they should thwart the lines. Like they should, it shouldn't be a game. And I'm curious to see if they come out and, and they, they, they kind of handle business like that. Yeah. That's just one of those things. Like, and, and another thing, like what is this offense going to look like? Right. It can 
is Jalen Hurts now throwing the middle of the field because AJ Brown is there? Like, is this a complete shift in in some of the the ways they they functioned last year? Like, because the one I think the the quarterback, but two, like they didn't really have that type of threat uh, who could you know, run to that area or really like make that area worthwhile to throw to, especially when Jalen Hurts, you know, can throw deep down the field, down the mm-hmm. sideline. He, he like has that ability. Um, so like, how, how does that change? Um, yeah. Again, I, I think we, we like the lions, right? I think we're the, over, the win total over sure. Um, you know, pushing toward the playoffs. Don't quite think so uh, this year. So I think there's, there's a little bit of a difference there. So like what, just what they do, like, can they hang in this game? I think like that, that's a, that's a big thing. Like, I think that's all we really mm-hmm. need to yep. look for uh, for the lions. Like, uh, can you, uh, again, like not, not setting a high bar, but, uh, but again, like when you are in the part of the rebuild that you are, like when we like what you're doing, just like hang in the yeah. game. But like for the Eagles, if you're going to be like one of the, the top teams in, in the NFC, which they, they certainly can be, I think, and they, they certainly should be, um, you know, can, can you handle this game? Like that, that is the thing. Like you can't be, you know, starting slow. Um, so what, what does all of that look like? There's, there's so many new pieces here that are very, you know, interested to watch. Like, like you said, uh, with, with the defense, like can this defense now function in the way like that it, it wants to theoretically, um, with pieces because like they, they really couldn't last year because they, they just didn't have everything going well, like Chauncey Gardner Johnson, um, you know, uh, on that defense now, you know, with the playing safety, um, you know, so, so you have like that piece, uh, you have again, two, two really good corners, like you said, um, and there's, there's so much that, that should go right uh, for the Eagles and like, can it all click, um, as soon as it probably should. So yeah, this is, you know, going to be a fun game to watch again. Like it's another process thing. So many of these games that we're going to be watching in week one, it's just like, what, how does what we like think that a lot of these new pieces are, are going to look like, like, what do they actually look like? Are the teams following in that way? Like, what do these teams think of themselves? I think that's one of the, the biggest things to, to be looking at in week one. And I think just all over the board that that's what we're seeing here. Yeah. And this was the kind of fulcrum point game for the Eagles. This is when they, we, we talked about it during the season last year, they didn't really have an identity. And this was the game they kind of found it and said, all right, it felt it felt like it became a necessity where they couldn't come out and be aggressive with Jalen Hurts. They tried early in the season last year and it didn't work. So they're kind of him to make that next step of growth because I feel like they do want to go back to being more aggressive, at least when it's closed season. Um, and I think that they're incentivized to see what Hurts has. When you look at this opening schedule, it's a great runway to kind of push him and see what they have moving forward with him to know that they can be kind of the offense they want, you know, this offense to kind of evolve to, to be at the, what it was at the start of last year and it was unsuccessful. And maybe getting a guy like A.J. Brown helps that. They got rid of Zach Hurts during the course of the season and they opened up and started playing Dallas Goddard. Uh, yeah, I think that they're going to be – I think that I'm banking on them being more aggressive because I feel like they're incentivized to actually push Hurts early in the season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be fun to watch. Um, so, so there we go. Uh, ran through uh, five games. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff happening in week one. We're here. Uh, there, there are games. Uh, and uh, and we, we finally have you know something to like, actually talk about instead of just kind of – hoping uh of like wondering what it's going to look like when it happens and we're now going to have uh, things that that are actually happening so that's exciting uh again if you're listening to this on thursday uh enjoy the game tonight there's there's football Mm -hmm. um so uh 
we're going to end the show here. Um, you can find all of our work on chartfootballanalysis.com. Rich, you're running through the worksheet already. There is a, a lot of information on, on week one if you need more of it, uh, which I highly recommend uh, that you check out uh, again. So uh, you should be doing that. You can find all of Rich's uh, content, Sharp Football Analysis, uh, in our fantasy package. Um, you can find Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Pazuda. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you again soon.